to do KTTV. This is KT, and I'm coming at you live with another episode of the Daily K Podcast. And on today's episode, we have the speaker, the teacher, the survivor, Mr. Chris D.T. Gordon. How you doing today, Mr. Gordon? Oh, KT, I am doing fantastically well. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Look, man, I appreciate you for taking some time out. You know, it's a go, go, go pace now. It's starting to pick back up. Things are happening. Oh, yeah. So thank you for taking some time out the busy schedule today, my man. My pleasure, my friend. So um, as we talk about things picking back up and we're getting back going, how have you been uh, throughout all of this pandemic? Because we love to start with a wellness check. Um, and how have you been doing since? You know, I am in a rare position, KT, because I teach online and I have been for the past 10 years. So I'm pre-pandemic on this. So when student our school started closing down and my whole family was in-house now, my wife's a teacher as well, she and my kids came home, the only thing changed was that I was now sequestered to my office here. Yes, sir. I, I was I was quarantined in my own house. Come on, man. I, I you know, I'm used to having the rain, the uh, the run of the land, but now I had to stay in my own place. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. I I could teach my students. I could work with them like I usually do. So all in all, it's been okay. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, thankfully. We haven't had any financial struggles. Mm-hmm. We have had a few close calls. Uh, okay. A couple of my uh, kids have been quarantined for a couple weeks at a time mm. because of close contacts in classrooms. But all in all, we've been very, very blessed. Yeah. And so, um, wow. I, I guess even even with you being already online and prepped, um, y'all still had to deal with kids missing, kids getting sick you know, even. Wow. Yes. Yeah, man, that, that is something. Uh, i tell you, it. I don't know. If, if anybody ever looked at y'all and said that online was different um, as y'all, as everybody was face-to-face, man, what a way to um, come back with the laugh <laughs> as we watched them. Because i tell you, I had teachers, man, it was a struggle to do both the hybrids. Uh, you know, so, um, man, you, you have to really be equipped. You had to learn technology. Of course, some of the veterans did struggle with the tech. Uh, it was mm-hmm. something, man. But we pulled through. So yes, now, yes. on top of education, when I say survival, we're, we're talking about this flesh-eating bacteria, right? Mm-hmm. And so as we get ready to shape this conversation, I want everybody to understand <laughs> What exactly happened to you? Uh, because it all started, as as I found out, from a small scratch. Yes. Right? So, man, yes. talk to me about that. Give us a little background on you. And then tell us a little piece of that story as we get into it a little deeper today. Certainly. And so, KT, I want to first start with a care warning. Yeah. Because I am going to be discussing physical and mental trauma. Yeah. So, Before March 18th, 2015, I was an ordinary, seemingly average 40-year-old husband and father of three. I had a fantastic wife and partner named Becky, still do, and three fantastic kids. I, as I said, I taught online and I was also a runner. 
And not only was I a runner, as you can tell behind me, I'm a pretty geeky runner, pretty geeky guy here. I, I'm flanked by the Ninja Turtles and Iron Man. I look to my left. I have a, a shelf dedica dedicated to my Transformers. I, I like to live up my geekdom. I mean, I have a Flash water bottle. I mean, my name is Flash Gordon. Okay. I'm, I, I was born into this. Yeah. I was born this way, as Lady Gaga says. You know? But, you know, I'm living my best life. I'm mm -hmm. doing what I want to do. Well, on March 18th, 2015, I'm hel helping Becky get the kids ready for school. She usually drove them to daycare and mm -hmm. kindergarten, and then she went up to the high school for her job. Okay. Well, I was flying my young son, Seth, back and forth to our detached garage. Well, I went too far to the right and scratched the back of my right hand mm -hmm. on our garage wall. I looked at it, wasn't bleeding, as we money pythons uh, fans say, tis but a scratch. Yeah. So I put Seth into the car seat. I kissed them all goodbye. Watched them drive down the driveway. And then I turned around, went back into the house, washed out my superficial wound, mm -hmm. and started my own day of teaching. Three days later, I wake up to find a lacrosse ball-sized bump on mm -hmm. my right elbow. I usually don't wake up like that. I don't know yeah. about anyone else. Not a, not a usual occurrence for me. Yes, so I go to the urgent care clinic here in town in New Orleans, Minnesota. And the doctor says it might be bursitis, which is an inflammation of the bursa sac in our joints. And he told me to keep an eye on it, let them know if anything else happened. Wow. So I went home and kept an eye on it as that bump grew and grew and grew until my right arm was three times the size of my left. Ugh. I look like the Incredible Hulk in mid-transformation. Yeah. But instead of being angry and smashy, I was more sicky and tiredy. Yeah. So Becky found a babysitter for the kids and then drove me to the emergency room. They quickly admitted me because, hello, huge right arm. Yeah. And as they, found, as they were taking my vitals, they found something else was wrong. I had gone septic. Okay. So sepsis, for those who don't know, is a reaction that the body has to a foreign agent like bacteria. Mm. Well, so, uh, one of the reactions that the body has is that it sends a chemical into the bloodstream to kill off said agent. Mm -hmm. Well, the funny thing about sepsis is that alone can kill you. Okay. So I had poison coursing through my veins and a ginormous right arm. I got to tell you, was it the craziest Saturday night I ever experienced? Yeah. It was pretty close. Yeah. Obviously, they keep me overnight. And in the morning, that attending doctor walks up to my hospital bed and tells me something I'll never forget, KT. She said, Mr. Gordon, this is beyond us. We can do nothing more for you here. Whoa. Where do you want to go? So I quickly say Mayo, as in the Mayo Clinic, not only because it's world-renowned. I mean, it's like the Cher or, or Beyonce of hospitals. You just say Mayo, 
you, the people know what you're talking about. Yeah. But also because Bill and Dee, Becky's parents, who I also call mom and dad affectionately, affectionately, they lived in Rochester. So I knew Becky, the kids, and Max, the dog, would have a place to stay for the, I was sure, two or three days this would take to resolve itself. No. So they load me into a plane and fly me to Rochester. About It's about 100 miles away, but the flight took 20 minutes. They quickly ambulance me to the hospital, St. Mary's Hospital, within the Mayo Clinic system. And it's there that they diagnosed me with necrotizing fasciitis. Mm. As soon as they found out what was going on with me, they prepped for surgery and put me under for what turned out to be five days. Wow. Wow. Man. So, so I mean, what? So, man, you can't leave me hanging right there, man. With <laughs> so, so then. All right. So... <laughs> The first surgery that they uh, under they undertook was to remove the infected flesh and tissue from my right arm, shoulder, chest, and back. And they started the back of my hand where that where that cut was. Yeah. Mm. And they basically filleted me like a fish, KT. Yeah. They took all this flesh off, went up to the base of my neck. Yeah. Down through my chest around my rib cage and up to my back. Wow. And they treated it like a controlled burn at, for a forest fire. Okay. They cut ahead of the infection because if one iota of that bacteria remained on my body, back to the, the whole process would have started over again. Yeah. And they were well versed in how to treat an NF because a week before I was admitted, Another gentleman had actually lost his arm to wow. NF and still died. Man. Okay. So now that, that is real, brother. That is, uh, you know, and so that, that kind of sets the stage. Like that was traumatic. And so then when we have those experiences and they shape our perception, right. And what we think mentally going forward. So then how has that affected you? Like, like mentally, and well, well, I'm not even done. Yeah. Because as soon as they removed all that that flesh and tissue, they found out that the infection had gone so far into my right arm, they thought they were going to have to amputate my arm. But thankfully, during the second surgery, I mean, they were so certain, KT, they told my wife, we're going to take the arm. Not a question, not a likelihood. They were certain. Okay, vote on this. Luckily, though, the occupational therapist who was in a, attending the surgery, she saw that I still had hand function. Okay. So what they elected to do was to remove a 15-inch by 4-inch flap of skin from my left thigh and place it on my right hand and forearm. You can okay. see the, uh, the, the line yeah. right here. Yeah. So this, since this is my thigh on my hand, I call this my thand. Yeah. Most kind of very pending. Yeah. However, and this is where my story turns into the a version of when you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah. Well, I had this covered, but now I have a huge gaping hole in my left thigh mm -hmm. that they could not close naturally. Okay. So they elected to remove 
my vastus lateralis, which is your outermost quadricep muscle in your thigh. Uh And then they installed a shoestring contraption and then knobs on either side of my wound. And over time, over the next week, a few weeks, they would tighten those knobs in order to close the wound. Okay. So instead of a quad in my left thigh, I now have a tri. Yeah. But now I still have the issue with the exposed tissue and flesh and muscle on my upper right side. So they take a skin graft harvester, or as I like to call it, a cheese slicer on steroids. This thing's monstrous. Yeah. And then run it up and down my back, my thighs. So they could have skin grafts to place on my arm. And unless you can see it, you know, see the difference there. This is why I call myself a discount Deadpool. If you ever seen the movie Deadpool, yeah, man. I look a lot like him. And in fact, I'm gonna show you what what it looks like in my my chest here. Okay. Yeah, so okay. they even had to take off a nipple. Yeah. So whenever I go to the beach and take off my shirt, it looks like I'm winking at people. Man, well look, look, you there. Yeah, I'm just friendly like that. Yeah, man. So that all all of those surgeries happened in five days. Wow. And then as you were as you alluded to earlier, when I woke up finally from my coma and I first connected with Becky, Bill, and my brother Jeff, who actually flew in from Michigan the moment he heard what I was going through. I saw them and then they left and the reality started sinking in. And what I experienced then is what I now call personal bacteria Mm -hmm. because I had the physical bacteria removed from my body. And yes, we do have bacteria on us all the time, but usually it's not trying to eat your flesh. Yeah. But personal bacteria are the negative thoughts that attack our minds when we're experiencing a life changing or challenging event. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking about, what was I going to be looking like when I fully healed? If I fully healed, what was I going to be able to do physically? How was I going to cope with this mentally? What were my relationships going to be like with Becky, the kids, other family members, with my friends, with my colleagues? How are we going to handle this financially? As it turned out, I'm a bit like Lee Majors. I am. I have a million dollar arm. Yeah. Luckily, though, KT, those thoughts didn't have time to permeate because during one of her daily visits, Becky started telling me about all the things people in our various social circles were doing for us. Our neighbors were snow blowing our driveway and shoveling our walkways because it. Ha- this is the beginning of, of spring on the calendar. Mm-hmm. But in Minnesota, it's winter part two. Yeah. Our people in Rochester were stopping by my in-law's house. Some of my colleagues from my online school were stopping by to play with the kids and buy them toys and clothing. It turned out that Becky and the kids and Max the dog were not there for two or three days. They were there for two weeks and barely had anything of their own at Bill and D's. Mm -hmm. As you said, my, as I said, my brother, 
flew in from Michigan. He bought me an iPad so I could entertain myself while I was recovering. A college or high school teammate and a classmate of Becky's started a GoFundMe account that raised over $10,000. Wow. That wow. helped offset the lost co- uh, wages yeah. that I had incurred because I lost an entire quarter of school. Mm-hmm. I was out yeah. for the entire fourth quarter. Yeah. Wow. All over a little. Bam. Ouch. Yes. So did, was it the... Uh, something I've had happen a hundred times before. But So where, where, like, how was the bacteria on the, on this or did it, was it the infection or how did it happen? It was likely, I, you know, honestly, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's probably on my, on my person because there was strep in the area. Yeah. It was caused by strep A, uh, streptococcus pyrogenes, yeah. a group A strep. Okay. So, which is also known to cause impetigo and mm. other sicknesses, staph infections. Okay. Wow. So it, it could have been on the wall, could have been on my person already. Yes. And when I got that cut, it just found an opening when right in. Go in. Wow. And I like to say, man, out of tragedy, though, comes triumph, right? We we make it to the other side. We survive. And and that changes us um, hopefully for the better, sometimes for the worse. And so, but for you, it brought about the tag, right? It brought yes, about, the, about the, the, the attitude of gratitude, man. So, Talk to me about um, how far into the recovery did you come with the tag and you said, I want to kind of do this? Well, I didn't decide to speak until January of last year. Great timing, right? Okay. But the the attitude of gratitude was embedded in me early on in my hospitalization. I started thinking about three questions. The first question was, what good things do I have in my life? And when we ask ourselves that question, we think of the big things, our faith, our family, our friends, our house, our job. But I started probing a little deeper. I started asking myself, what about the little things? What about those seemingly insignificant parts of our lives that actually bring us that daily dose of joy? So I thought about the show Daredevil on Netflix. That had just dropped as I was in the hospital. So I was able to watch it on that iPad that Jeff bought me. And to this day, not only is it a fantastic show on its own merits, yeah. but I have a spe- it has a special place in my heart because of how it helped me recover. Mm-hmm. Then I thought about how the sun never shined in my eyes when I was bedridden. Yeah. And I know that sounds very random, but when you are hospitalized or you're, you're sequestered to one spot, for an extended period of time and you have to rely on everyone else for about everything around in your environment. The fact that I didn't have to ask someone to close the drapes during the noon hour was actually a blessing. Yeah. And then there's the hospital pizza. <laughs> no, KT, what is your experience with hospital food? Look, man, I, um, I was there. I had to go through a heart. I had I did an endoscopy, a colonoscopy. I was on a um, cardiac diet, mm-hmm. and I had a stress test, and I did. It was nothing wrong. It was ninety eight grand for nothing. So oh, that really? was my experience. But think about that cardiac diet. 
no season at all, man. It was rough. So I understand <laughs> what you mean, man. Yeah, but I tell you what, here's the thing, though. That hospital pizza yeah. was phenomenal. Oh, okay, baby. Oh, it's so good. I, I, at the time, I would put it up against a Chicago or New York pizza. Yeah. It was so good. Maybe it was because I hadn't had pizza in a month. Yeah. And I finally yeah. had it. But man, I just remember it being so good. Yeah. And today I still do this. Every day I look around and, and during my class connects, our, our virtual classroom uh, meetings with my students, I ask them, what are they thankful for? And I think about how I'm thankful for this beat up mouse that's held together with duct tape. Yeah. It's been with me for with me for years. Yeah. I think about door hinges. Yeah. How amazing are door hinges? We don't think about them, but if you ever had a broken door and you can't get in or out of a, a room, especially yeah. a bathroom. Come on, man. Oh man, that door, that door hinge becomes a miracle. Man, All right. Man. And then I'm thankful for my right armpit. Hmm. Now you're probably Literally. wondering why do I mention that? Well, the upper right side of my body is covered in skin grafts. Yeah. Skin grafts are non-porous, which means they don't sweat. Yeah. I have saved so much money on deodorant. Yeah. <laughs> by only having to use use the, the bar with one arm. Yeah. I can make a stick of deodorant last six months. Come on, man. <laughs> so full, baby. Yeah, so it's thinking about the little things in yes. our lives that make us actually feel richer, not because of the price it costs to buy those items, mm -hmm. but the value we instill in them. Yeah. And so, man, during during that time uh, when you started speaking, were you out and were, were you uh, being able to kind of get out and get to different events before uh, everything closed down? You know, I... I started speaking, I decided to become a speaker in January, yeah. 2020. Mm -hmm. And the next month I set up an event at my church yeah. and I'm thankful that my church is a block and a half away. So it does, you know, it's not a lot of travel there. And this was in February of 2020. So lots of snow in Minnesota, but I had a good event. I had 25 people there. Most of them friends who were very encouraging. Yeah. So I felt I had a good start. Three weeks later, no one can go anywhere. Shut it down. So I decided, well, I have to speak. I'm, I'm not letting this go. Yeah. So if people can't let me into their schools, I'm going to get on their computers. Yeah. So I started my own podcast mm -hmm. called Scar Bearers. Mm -hmm. And the first five episodes were about me sharing my story, sharing my experiences. But then I realized, you know, I'm only one person. There are 7 billion other people out there. A few of them might have a story that others want to hear. So I started interviewing, inter interviewing people. And I'm right now at episode 80. Okay, nice. And I've been able, I've been able to consistently uh, release an episode uh, once a week, sometimes yeah. twice a week. Yeah. And, and so that's, that really helped me with my speaking endeavors. Yeah. I've done some, I've performed in some virtual summits. Mm -hmm. I've uh, spoken for my alma mater, University of Michigan, Flint. Come on, man. 
and spoke to my fraternity brothers uh, who are presently uh, attending classes there. I've spoken to a couple schools, a couple uh, student groups, but things have really started picking up since then. Yeah, that's cool, man. And, and yeah. that brings um, to um, talking about the one-sheeter. So like, as I looked at the one-sheeter, um, how did you come up with that, man? And, and how do I use that? Let's say I go to the website and I see it uh, and, and understanding what the tag represents. How do I activate that for me? Well, you just, you think about what you are thankful for at the time. And again, it doesn't have to be life-changing. It does, yeah. you know, it could be something big like family member or your faith or your job, but just think about those things that, man, make your job a little easier. Yeah. Think about, you know, my like, for example, my flash flash drive. I told you I'm straight up geek. Yeah. All right. Think of, you know, think about markers you have. I know yeah. on, on, on site teachers love yeah. expo markers. Look, you know, think about, you know, all the things around you yeah. that make your job easier or make you smile. Maybe it's a picture. Yeah. Maybe it's a drawing from a student. But look, but, that's that's heavy though, bro. Because we we never life is such a go, 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 go. So you're never really stopping and thinking about those pieces unless they are missing. Hmm. And but but until then, uh, like you say, you don't you don't pay attention to say, man, I'm glad I can get into this door, out this door, you know, or, or all those little small pieces. Uh, I've been in classrooms and I couldn't find the expo, you know. <laughs> so, um, man, so, such an awesome uh, thought, man. And, and like you say, it's just those small pieces that get you from day to day. Yep. And then the A in tag is acknowledging the appreciated. Yeah. And when we think about those people whom we appreciate in our lives, the big part, the big groups coming to mind are people who share our faith, our family, our friends our neighbors, our colleagues. But for me in the hospital, it was, of, of course, I, I loved everyone who helped me out, you know, helped me survive and recover, but it was especially the nurses, yeah. not only because they were professional, but many of them actually became my friends. For example, when you are in the hospital for a long period of time, say two months, mm. they sometimes put a poster on the wall called the getting to know you poster. And one of the questions on my poster was favorite movie. Yeah. Now, KT, you see superheroes adorning my walls. I'm just you saying. You know I have Transformers on my shelf. All right. You heard me quote Money Python. Yeah. So you can probably guess what my favorite movie is. Man, is it something with Marvel? That's right. Blazing <laughs> Saddles. Okay. Okay. Oh, what, man? Look, I don't, what is, talk to me about that, man. You've never heard of Blazing Saddles? No, man. Oh my goodness! It yeah. is. It's a it's a Mel's Mel Brooks masterpiece. Okay. Okay. It, it's it's fantastic. You I, have to I do know Mel we'll Brooks sometime. Yeah, Mel I do Brooks. know Mel Brooks, so I can I can go from there. Yeah, so <laughs> that's. I mean, I could watch that movie over and over again, and that was yeah. my criteria. Yeah. So I put that on. I had them put it on the poster. Well, one Monday morning, Chris, the head nurse ran into my room and she was almost tripping over herself trying to talk. Mm -hmm. She said, Chris, I was at a garage sale this weekend and I saw this and I thought of you and here it is. 
she had bought me a DVD copy of Blazing Saddles at that garage sale. Come on. I am a part of her job, KT. Yeah. I am nothing more than an, an item on her to-do list. Yes. But the fact that she thought of me with such friendship that she not only rem- remembered that was my it was my favorite movie, but she mm-hmm. went out and bought it for me. Nice. Makes that DVD copy yeah. one of my prized possessions. And, and now I have a three-step process that someone can use to increase the appreciation of someone else in their life. Yeah. All right. You ready for this? Yeah. Come on now. All right. So first of all, I want you to think of someone in one of your social circles. We all have social circles of various types, family, friends, colleagues, pick one person and then take them out of that social circle that you share. Now, I want you to look at that person and how he or she positively benefits the world around them. It could be how they treat their kids. It could be how they do their job. It could be the kind person they are. You know, all the different ways they make the world better around them. Without you in the picture. That's the important thing. We're looking at them on their own merits, not not your connection to them. Now, put them back into that social circle that you share and revel in the fact that you have a relationship with this fantastic person. I use my wife as an example. So Bucky, she's my wife, my my partner, my best friend. I take her out of that circle that we share. She is a fantastic mother, a loving daughter and sister, a brilliant teacher, a well-read historian, a great athlete. She's got a witty sense of humor and is almost as geeky as I am, but she she plays a lot closer to the vest. And she's a a wonderful musician Mm -hmm. and a benefit to the community as a whole. Now I put her back into that social circle that we share and she's still all those things, but she's my wife to boot. How lucky am I? Yes, sir. And so, you know, by looking at people and how they affect the world in a positive way without that connection that we share with them and then realizing, wow, this great person is in my life can really, you know, increase your appreciation of them. Mm-hmm. That was good. And so that's the A in tag, acknowledging yeah. the appreciated. Mm-hmm. And then and then the G, yeah. which really gets tag going. Because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, KT, playing tag by yourself is boring and more than a little embarrassing. I mean, um that <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like a dog chasing its own tail. Yeah. So in the hospital, I couldn't do much. But when I was discharge that's when i started taking action yeah my neighbor's lawns would get long occasionally in the summer when they go on vacation so i'd mow them when uh when it's snow i'd snow blow their driveway or their walkways no problem when i go out for runs i pick up the trash that's on the road or on the sidewalk or in someone's yard without getting too trespassy and then there's the traditional holding a door for someone and we we always downplay this like oh well hold the door you know i'm a doorstop but think about it from the point of view of someone who may be having their worst day ever Mm -hmm. 
they're going through their life. Maybe someone close to them died. Maybe they got some bad news at work. Who knows what's going on? But by you op opening that door for them and holding it for them, you're showing them, hey, I see you. I can't, I may not be able to solve all your problems, but at least I can help you in this little way. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about all of those examples I gave is that they cost me nothing. But to the recipient, it could be priceless. Cool, so man. we should look at how we can make someone else a little more grateful by doing kind acts for them. And some of them might cost a little, cost a few bucks. You know, maybe if you're on a tollway somewhere, you pay for the car behind you. Huh. I know in Minnesota here, there was an event where someone started to pay at a Dairy Queen at a drive-through, they paid for the person behind them. That went on for 900 cars. And wow. so it all it takes is one person thinking, Hey, I want to help someone out. And then mm -hmm. someone else sees that. And that's the beauty of tag because you're always inviting more people in and not, I mean, one person can do a little, but everyone working together can do so much more and actually change the world. Yeah. Together, everyone achieves more. Exactly. <laughs> man, that is cool, man. So what's next for you? Um, and what's next for a tag? You know, I am practicing, like I said, every day with my students and my family. I'm uh, constantly looking for speaking engagements, both in person and online. I have a few engagements uh, coming up in the in the next couple of weeks and next couple of months and next year. And so I'm always looking for schools and organizations to speak to. I want to share this message because it would be selfish of me to hold it to myself. And so I want to just reach out to people I'm working on. I'm also working on a course to help people practice tag wherever they live in the world. I've published, I have had a few published articles and magazines. Yeah. So I'm going to continue writing that way. And I'm hoping to get a TEDx talk sometime in March. Man. So we'll have to see about it. that. That is it, man. Good luck. Good luck. Because I tell you, that process is strenuous. Yes. <laughs> so, man, any last words uh, as we get out of here and just putting out that reminder uh, of noticing the small things that get you day to day before we go? Well, you know, there is tag, you know, there is taking, you know, thinking of all the good things in your life, acknowledging the appreciated and giving others a reason to be grateful for sure. And like you said, you can find that, at, uh, you can find that tag one sheet at my website. I'll talk about mm -hmm. that in a second. But I also want to say pass on perfection and go for greatness. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that whenever you see a model on a billboard or you see a commercial those images look so perfect. But really, how long did it take to make them look like that? And I bet you, as soon as that picture was taken, the image falters. The model moves again. That food is eaten or thrown away because it has some kind of glistening you know, preservative on it. Perfection at its greatest is fleeting. And at, and at its worst is unattainable. So instead, we should go for greatness. 
whatever we do, we should be consistent with our efforts, be diligent in our process, and be perseverant in our strive, you know, our striving to do our best. Because there are going to be some days that aren't going to be stellar days. You know, I mean, you look at Michael Jordan. Yeah. He missed over 9,000 shots in his career. But people don't remember him for his misses. Yeah. They remember him for his game six uh, shot against Cleveland. They remember him for six world championships. For the flu game. <laughs> exactly, the flu yeah. game. And so, pa- you know, passing on perfection is not saying, well, I'm just going to give up. No, it's saying I'm going to go for greatness because when you go for greatness, you might actually reach perfection once in a while, but you will always be great. Man, that's it, man. How do we find you? How do we contact you? How how do anybody uh, uh, get tagged to come out? And how do anybody get tagged? I guess that's the line. Yeah, we'll go with it. Hey. So you can go to chrisdtgordon.com. That's where you'll find my information about my speaking engagements. You'll find some of the articles I've written. You'll find links to my YouTube channel, my podcast, my Instagram, my LinkedIn, my free tag one sheet. And I also have a merch store called Chris DT Gordon's tag and pop shop where I have items like this sweatshirt, which are very, this is, this is one of the most comfortable sweatshirts I've ever owned. And for listeners of KT, the Daily K podcast. If you go to do my merch shop and buy anything, you can use the promo code tag pop one. So T A G P O P the number one and get 20% off your purchases. Come on, man. I'll, I'll definitely put that out there real quick. <laughs> All right, um, man. Yeah. I appreciate the time today. Um, what an awesome story. Like I say, my, my thing is from tragedy comes triumph as I think about me starting this whole thing. And so, um, man, congratulations. I, I wish you nothing but the best, especially in my state of Minnesota. Go Vikings. Um, man, just cool. uh, Hey, you already know. <laughs> All right, man. So um, thank you, man. I think that'll do it for us today. All uh, right. Well, KT, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a blast. Man, it was my pleasure. Yeah. All right, y'all, this is KT for KTTV signing out 100. This is Darnell Broadcast Houston. This is Dr. Tamara Beckford. Hey, this is Candace. This is London Underwood. This is Kirsten Bass with Inner City Greens, and you're watching. Y'all are now tuned in to KTTV. 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 KTTV.